Welcome to the LGBTQ business podcast brought to you by Titanology. This is the podcast for anyone who wants to beat overwhelm, gain clarity and start building a business they care about. Each week, Stefan de Vries discusses the practical strategies that members of the LGBTQ community can use to start, grow and scale their businesses because there's nothing better than living a life of freedom. Welcome back to the LGBTQ business podcast. As always, my name is Jamie, and it is a pleasure to introduce my co-host, Stefan de Vries. Stefan, how are you? I'm good, Jim. I'm good. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> no, it's great to be here. We're talking today about, I think, I, if I was guessing, one of the top three causes of overwhelm in small businesses, which is the vague sense you need to produce content, but your lack of a strategy. Stefan, what is a content strategy? Wow, that's already a very good question to start. A content strategy is really about making sure that you know what content you're creating, but especially more, why are you creating that content? If you know exactly why you just created that piece of content, then you might already have a strategy. But if the why question or the answer is, well, because it will probably generate a lot of views, it will probably generate a lot of engagement, a lot of, you know, then you don't have a strategy, you're just guessing. You're right? just throwing stuff out. Yeah. And there's a cost associated because it's like, it's not cheap to produce in terms of time, bandwidth, especially if it's any good, right? Yeah. How long do you sometimes spend time on creating a piece of content? It can take hours sometimes if you want to really do it good like some of these reels or these videos these tiktok videos if i see how much time you have to spend to make it really good wow that's something for sure so if you do that in a way that okay that sounds fun i love to be creative i'll just create a nice video and that's it well what about creating sales from your content is that not also one of the outcomes that you want to have Mm. And it's worth clarifying because there's more than one reason to have content because there's different levels of the funnel, right? Yeah. There's the broad brush, top of the funnel, just eyes on me. You need X number of touch points to make a sale. On average, this is just a touch point. What are the other kind of aims around content? Yeah, you want to get your ideal customer into the decision phase, as they call them. Like there are different levels of awareness for a potential buyer and we want to get them from being aware about what you do towards making the decision that, yes, I want to work with your company. And how does content get you from A to B? Well, that, that's where the strategy comes into play. You, you have to think about, like, how can we create content for each of those awareness stages? And how can we bring them from one stage to the other? So creating something in the awareness stage is just something very high level, something fun, something that a lot of people will see. And they, they see your name, they see your brand name, for example. But then the next piece can be more of a, a question or a poll that relates to your offer. And then the next post can be about, well, what is our answer to this question? And maybe that raises some more questions or, or, or a potential issue or a problem that a potential customer might have, then the next post might be about the solution that we have for that problem. So it's fundamentally about informing your audience, number one, and number two, demonstrating your expertise. 
Yeah, it's all of that, really. But doing it in a in a strategic way, right? Not thinking too much about, we just need to create content, right? Everybody needs to create content. And, and these days, there's a saying about, yeah, you have to create at least two, three, four, five pieces of content a day to be relevant and to be on top of mind and to be consistent and so on. That can also be true. But if you're just creating content to create content, well, I'm sorry, but you're not a content creator. You're a business owner. So make sure that the content that you do create actually leads to somewhere and that you have thought about where it will lead to. Mm. And the difficulty is, like, if you go into the content production without that energy, the point is when you create content with a purpose, with an avatar in the mind, a receiver of that content because you want to generate X sales through proving point one, you're going to be forced to make something valuable. The conditions you've laid out force you to make something valuable. Whereas if you take the other route and just produce content, well, now you're just ticking boxes. Yeah, you're just being an entertainer. <laughs> That's fine for some. At a certain point, maybe you have to do that if it fits in your strategy. But think about what you're doing. Do you have any sense of the most effective? Because of course the answer is it depends blah, blah, blah. But roughly speaking, what are the most effective forms of content? Well, right now it's, it's video, no doubt. Video is the way to go if you want to have an impact in this world, in the online world, the digital world, yeah. I mean, if you see the popularity of TikTok these days, well, if you're not on TikTok, people might think you don't exist. And that was the fact once even Facebook started and was really popular, if you weren't creating content on Facebook, you weren't relevant. Just the same as now on TikTok, if you're not creating content on TikTok, you're not relevant, right? But the platform itself, honestly, doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It matters in a sense that every platform has its way to, to create more engagement or to create more views. And, and you have to know the technicalities of the platform. But in the end, what are you doing is you're creating content to generate sales. Mm. So mm. you have to have that strategy. And the strategy more or less should work on any platform, to be honest. At least the basics. And uh, for people who are struggling with their content production and don't have a strategy. Okay, so step one is go identify the outcome, right? What would you like from this? And who's your avatar? Who are you talking to? But then when it comes to quantity, what should people be producing? I would say at least you have to create content every single day. Or let me put it in another way. You have to publish content every mm. single day. The creation of content should be done way ahead of time, for sure. But publishing content should be done every single day in any type or form. Again, it depends on your strategy. I almost was going to say it doesn't matter which type or form of content. Well, it does matter if you have the right kind of strategy, you will know what to post, you will know what is coming and you will know what is the outcome that we want from this. If it's a call to action that you want people to take action into, well, you know, this is the outcome that we want. And it also means that you will be able to track the outcome, you will track the impact. Something that a lot of business owners forget is that you have to track also this process. It's a process. Content creation is a process. You have an outcome. You have to track the outcome so you can improve the process. 
which means improving the content, improving the caption, the creative, whatever it is, but you have to improve that if it doesn't generate the outcomes that you want. Very interesting. And how are we measuring outcomes? Because of course, you can get quite a lot of impressions from a video. And this isn't a point of confusion, I think, for lots of business owners. I put out a video and it gets 1.8 thousand impressions, but like no one got in touch about it. Does that constitute a good piece of content? That's a good question. It really depends on your own KPIs. If that's one of your outcomes, you want just a lot of views on your video because you know that if you get a lot of views, the next piece of content will generate more engagement maybe and will generate more people that actually reach out to you then that's a good KPI to have if that's what you want to track. But then again, comes back to, do you have that in your strategy? Is that the fact? If you don't know that, go back to the drawing board and think about the strategy around what you're doing. Right, so it depends on the aim of the game, which raises the question, how should you even know what your aims are when it comes to content strategy? Like, when do you know whether it's right to be directly trying to drive revenue? When is it right to be building partnerships? When is it right to just be building followers? I mean, what criteria are you using to make these decisions? Well, what we do is we really take a look at content creation also as a funnel, right? We define, first of all, our content pillars around an offer that we have. The end goal is that people buy into our offer, right? We want to have sales. So we create content pillars around that offer that we have. And then with each of those pillars, we can create content cycles as we call them, which means that we create like 10 posts for around a specific event, can be a a live training, can be a, a podcast episode like this one, can be whatever it wants. And that content cycle is then again linked to the content pillar, which is linked to the offer. So if we create this content pillar with all these pieces of content, the outcome should be that people know about the offer and should be interested to buy the offer, right? There's a few things that come to mind. Okay, so the first is this. When you're talking about an event, obviously you can create content around the event as we've spoken about, but events are also a little bit of a hack when it comes to creating content because an event is recorded quite easily and you might have four or five hours of potential content. And it doesn't take a genius to work out, well, if you can get five minutes for every hour divided up into five clips, well, you've just done a month of content. Are there any hacks to help people implement their content strategy? What I suggest definitely and what we do as well is once you have created like a specific content cycle around a specific topic or event, that you actually repurpose that. You can create a content cycle as a template, something that maybe in a month or two, you wanna do again, something around the same offer, around the same content pillar. It might be a different event, but leading up towards that, because it's the same topic, you can repurpose a lot of the stuff that you already have in a content cycle. And that's the whole point of creating those cycles is to make sure that you can repurpose them. Because then it's plug and play. It's like, okay, next month we're going to do the same offer again. Well, we already created the content cycle. So it's just like we take this, we duplicate, maybe we change a little bit based on the, the metrics that we have tracked, and then we just launch it, right? So, so repurposing is the yeah. bit that I hear there. Yeah. It's 
creating a context or a structure or a cycle where repurposing is now possible somehow. Because you're right, if you're going for a totally different strategy every month with totally different assets, Oof. Jesus, <laughs> like I'm, I'm knackered, I'm knackered saying it. Yeah. Forget having to implement it. Oh my God. Okay. So we need to set our content production cycles out in a way that our audience knows what to expect and allows us to repurpose the content so we're not constantly producing. Yeah. Yes, 100%. When it comes to producing content, implementing the cycle, repurposing, we do all that stuff. We launch it and nothing happens. I've got <laughs> two likes and no engagements. Yeah. What conversation do we have now? Are we changing the content? Are we changing the strategy? Are we remaining patient? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's something that we have touched before where we said we have a specific process that instead of just throwing away the process and starting all over, we take a look at the process and we try to change little things to see if that has an effect. And I believe this is the same with content creation or with content cycles. If you have the whole cycle and at the end you have zero sales from that content cycle, instead of just doing it from scratch again, just take the same structure and see which pieces of the content perform the best and see mm. why. And the ones that have the worst impact, you change maybe the creative, you change maybe the caption. But that piece of content that you use to get people from the awareness stage, for example, to the next consideration stage, right? The strategy to get people from one stage to the other stays the same, but you want to change like a little bit the creative maybe. So it generates that kind of outcome more than you have right now. That's why you measure these things. That's why you measure the KPIs or the outcomes for each of those pieces, maybe, if you want to. So what are the variables here? We have the captions, we have the time you're posting, you have where you're posting, and you have the content itself. And is your recommendation, well, you don't know what's happening until you play with... It depends on what, what do you want as an outcome, right? If you do something in the awareness stage, what generates... You want a lot of awareness to be generated for that kind of post, for that kind of content, which would mean that for that type of content, you want a lot of views, you want a lot of likes, for example. So you measure for pieces that are in the awareness stage, you measure the likes and the views, for example, right? So then if you don't get enough of those, well, then you have to figure out, okay, what generates more views and more likes? And it's playing around with all of these components, with the creative, with the caption, with the hashtags, with tagging people. Maybe it's it's a video that you need to use instead of a static post. Maybe it's a carousel. And this is also very specific to each platform, which also makes it more difficult sometimes. So it also makes sense that your strategy sometimes is, is linked to the platform, especially for these kind of metrics. But the strategy around getting a person from the awareness stage to, for example, the consideration stage, that strategy stays the same wherever you do it, right? So if you want to get someone from the awareness stage to the consideration stage, what kind of content are you having to give them? Like, what's the type of content that is effective at moving them from stage one to stage two? That's a good question because it, it really depends. It really is something that we're still testing out. We're still experimenting with. I think a combination of raising a question within an audience 
like or being controversial even like mm. you post something controversial in a video you say something that like a lot of people think like wait what mm. so it creates awareness but then they have questions about this and then the next post you answer those kind of, of questions that they might have and I have a solution for that or you make sure that they understand that you have a solution for this but you don't give it yet and then the next post can be about the solution right now it's not an exact mm. science here right you never know exactly in which stage they are in but having that kind of strategy you know that that's your purpose of that cycle that is what you want to be happening and if at a consideration stage it means that you want more engagement which means that you want people to comment on what they feel about what is the solution that you have given them if you get those comments then you know you've reached the point that those people are in that consideration stage for example right because at the point you're engaging with a creator a business yeah you know, and it's just it's just worth making that point again because businesses are, have quite a tough job when it comes to content. Businesses mm. tend to be quite unsexy just because everyone knows what your deal is, ultimately. The reason why LinkedIn, for instance, people get much higher response rates when they message from personal accounts as opposed to business accounts is because we're all slightly cynical of businesses. So your job is really to generate engagement in a way that doesn't feel like selling, doesn't feel like marketing. Can you talk a little bit about getting that balance right? Yeah, balance is a difficult one for sure. On one hand, you want people to know who you are, but on the other hand, you also want people to know what you're offering. And that kind of balance is, is not easy, for sure. Because we're all human, we all have our egos, so we actually want that every post that we make has a lot of likes, has a of lot course. of views. So sometimes we fall back in just creating a lot of cute content that people don't even understand what we're doing, right? Well, it's a, it's a balance. I must say it's something that will take some time to figure out for yourself. And I also want to say this is there's a lot of strategies out there to create content and to create that kind of outcomes. I think a lot of people mistakenly feel that if they use this particular strategy, it will always generate the same outcome as mm. for a person it was meant for, right? But somebody that has a content strategy around Instagram coaching as an offer, it's not the same as somebody that does a marketing agency, for example, website creation or a SaaS business even, right? That strategy that worked for this person is not the same as for a SaaS business. The basics around getting people from one stage to the other is will always be there in a way. But don't expect just to grab a strategy, implement it, and it will work. Yeah, and uh, you know, I just want to talk about controversy because you mentioned it, and it's always slightly interesting. It's a fine line. You don't want to be seen to be a provocateur, but equally, like really middle of the road messaging. Where do you draw the line when it comes to controversy? I know that a lot of people don't like to be controversial. I know that a lot of people don't like to use clickbait. But you have to think about, it's not about you. It's about people that you want to reach, right? You want to reach of course. people that are in a stage that you want to help them. Or they have a problem and you can help them. Now, a lot of these people are still 
in the awareness phase or not even aware of what you do. So the way to create that awareness is sometimes to be controversial because that will generate the kind of awareness that you want. So the people that are out there that are not aware of you become aware of you. And then you can lead them towards actually the right kind of solution that you want to give them instead of staying controversial, right? Mm. Controversy is just a part of the strategy to get in front of the right people and to lead them towards the right kind of solution. If it's just the purpose of being controversial, then I would say don't do it, you know? It's like, it's like a comedian, right? Like shock humor doesn't work if it's for the sake of the shock. Yeah. Shock humor works if there's something in the messaging, yeah. in the conversation, the dialogue with the audience that's impactful. Then you get away with the shock. And Stefan, we should talk here about the context of the LGBTQ plus community and what members of the community can do when they're thinking about content strategy that's specific to the community. Mm. Well, as we target LGBTQ plus community for, for technology, in a way, funny enough, I try to not explicitly always use that as something to add to the content itself. Because it's not about being LGBTQ plus that we want to convey as a message. Let's just say that we just want to bring LGBTQ plus business owners together, right? But the content that we deliver and the principles and so on is not necessarily just LGBTQ plus related, if that makes sense. Of course. So yes, we want to bring our message towards LGBTQ plus people, but building a business is for everybody. So it would be different if we would say, okay, technology is for really creating businesses that are about LGBTQ plus topics or are about... Yeah, but it's, it's broader than that. But it's broader than that. So I cannot always say like, okay, always using the rainbow flag or always using pink or stuff like that. It's just not what we do because that's not the point. The point is just mm. to make sure that we create a community for LGBTQ plus people. So which means that if we would create content around the pillar of the community, that makes more sense to really have the colorful colors into our content because that will attract LGBTQ plus people more than anything. So that makes more sense. But in the general, okay, build a business piece of content or strategy, it doesn't have to be specific towards being colorful or using the rainbow flag or something like that. And to finish up, what would you say to someone who's struggling with perfectionism when it comes to their content strategy and doesn't want to put anything out for fear that it's not good enough? <laughs> yeah. The advice is just do it. Don't make it too perfect because remember, if you have the strategy, if you have some kind of content cycle, that the point is to repurpose that and once you repurpose that, that's the time that you improve your content. And at a certain stage, if you have gone through a couple of iterations of the same content, then it will be perfect for the purpose, which means that even if you have something that is not perfect in a way that like a video or something, then, and you're not 100%, you're not shaved, for example, or you look bad, for example, sure. or maybe... That's okay because that shows authenticity 
And that's maybe part of the strategy as well. Now, you don't have to go that far, but I mean, you know what I mean, that it doesn't have to be perfect. You have time enough to perfect it. And also remember what you post today, like in a week from now, people already forgot what you have posted. So it doesn't really. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant place to finish that. They used to say today's newspaper was tomorrow's fish and chip wrapping. Yeah. That could not be, that's even truer online. Yeah. Stefan, that was awesome. I feel like I have a lot of pieces of the puzzle now. Good. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that was as useful for you as it was for me. And as always, we'll be back next week. So thank you for listening to the LGBTQ plus business podcast. We're available on the podcast app of your choice, as well as on YouTube as a video podcast. For more information on how to turn your side hustle into a real business, visit us at titanology.world.